I'd like you to pay attention. Now, that's not me telling you what you should do. I'm actually naming the talk, which is paying attention. And it, most people think, oh, I pay attention all the time. I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah, I got it. And we're doing thousands of different things all the time. Anybody ever get involved in multitasking? <laughs> yeah. Doing more than one thing at a time? Yeah, that happens from time to time. And <clears throat> our minds tell us that we're pretty good at it. Well, I'm pretty good at multitasking. And in fact, we are not good at multitasking at all. What happens when we're multitasking is we pay attention to something, and then we stop paying attention to that and pay attention to something else for a moment, and then we stop paying attention to that, and we pay attention to something else for a moment, and we cycle through, and we're switching back and forth all the time. That's what multitasking is, because we can only pay attention to one thing at a time. Now, paying attention actually can be important. Uh, and I always love to bring uh, my dog, Oliver, Oliver Quimby, for those of you who know Phineas Quimby. Uh, Oliver is my standard poodle. He just turned two years old uh, a week ago. And sometimes he pays attention to things that annoy me, like the dog walking down the street, which completely captivates his attention. He does not hear me saying, be quiet, stop, leave it, and the rest of that. He just is focused on barking at that dog or playing with the dogs when he's playing with the dogs. So he knows how to pay attention. Now, sometimes when we're on a walk, he'll see another dog, and the other dog will get his attention. And so he'll be jumping around very enthusiastically, looking at the other dog, not trying to run over to the other dog because he's got that level of behavior in him, but he's jumping, he's very excited, he's looking over his shoulder at the other dog, and on more than one occasion, he has walked smack into a signpost or a lamppost <laughs> because he's not paying attention. And he's not even trying to multitask. If you, if you were able to ask him and he were to answer, it's like, no, I'm not interested in anything other than barking at the other dog. And that's OK. Now, the reason that paying attention is important, and it's not paying attention, it's being aware of paying attention is important, is because uh, we find ourselves in an attention economy or an information economy. And I, I can hear you starting to think, I got up early for this. You're going to give me a, 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 a dissertation on the economics and, uh, and, and the ways that society is working? Well, I'm going to keep it really quick. And the first time I became aware that there are different structures and economies is in the, um, uh, when I first started in, in the working in the 70s and 80s, we were talking about moving into a service economy, from a manufacturing or a product economy into a service economy. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever that means. And it turns out that that's what we did, and the service economy, with the advent of the internet, turned into a knowledge or an information economy. And I dismissed it initially because I thought, the products aren't going to go away. We still have products, so what do you mean we're going to switch to a service economy? But what happened was, and the, the product economy wasn't the first one that we had. Originally, humans started out being hunter-gatherers, and it was whoever could find the food was going to be the survivor. And then we discovered agriculture. We could actually grow our own stuff and create our own food, and it became an agricultural economy. And it was the people who had the land and had the livestock and had the ability to plant things and grow them uh, that were actually driving the economy. And it was the first people doing that really had a lot of power and a lot of control. <clears throat> and then we discovered energy, 
and suddenly we were able to move things around on our own and it turned into factories and inventions and things like that. You've, you've seen those pictures of the, the big steam turbine things that are driving a, a shaft and that's powering all the machines in a factory someplace. And that continued on and there's still a lot of that going on. It's gotten smaller, it's gotten easier. The most important thing is it's turned into a commodity. At this point, anybody can do that. Anybody can grow food, anybody can manufacture stuff. Anybody can provide services by taking the things that are around and offering it up to other people and charging for it. And when it shifts from one economy to another, what happens is the way that we've been doing it becomes so commonplace that anybody can do it and the innovators get to create something new. So now we're in an information economy, which we probably think of today as a content economy because information, well, now we have tons and tons of information. You can Google something and that's, that's more information than you can handle. So what we want to do is we want to have content and there are people who have jobs which is content creator. That's what they do is they create YouTubes and they're making a very nice living by creating YouTubes and having people watch them. Well, who growing up would think that that was a thing? Now, Marley's here. Marley's like just getting to the end of the growing up part. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe Marley did. But for the rest of us, it's like, why would that be a thing? And yet it is. And it turns out that it is a thing. And I'm getting back to the point and the topic of the talk, which is it's an attention economy. There's a lot of free stuff out there. And what you pay with is your attention. It is our willingness to watch those YouTubes, to turn on that music, to, to have that pundit who's saying those things that we're paying attention to that gives them the value so that they can either get more followers or sell advertising or get sponsorship or whatever that's going to be. So it is with our attention that we're buying stuff. And that brings a new meaning to the thought of pay attention. Because what you have is attention. And if you can multitask, then you're able to switch what you're paying attention to a lot. The notion is if your attention, each one of those times that you're switching around and paying attention to something different, if each of those was a coin, let's make it, let's raise the stakes. If each of those was a gold coin and that was your attention and you had a pot of coins every day and every screen and every conversation and every book and every television show and everything that you were doing that you're multitasking through had a coin slot on it, would you still be putting your gold coins into that slot and paying your attention that way? Is it worth it? Now, maybe it is worth it. And you get to decide. We each get to decide. But the point that I'm trying to make is that you're doing it anyway. You're deciding anyway. So do it consciously. There's a thing called decision fatigue. By the time we've been deciding stuff all day long, and we can make thousands of decisions every day, by the time we get to the end of the day or the end of our energy, we're just like, ah, whatever. And we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll take the consequences. We'll just put them in wherever because it doesn't make any difference anymore. We don't want to decide what the value is going to be. However, if we are thinking ahead of time, what are the things that I want to put my time and my attention into? What is it that I will be paying for with my attention? Then we can let that overarching thought or notion guide what we're going to do 
whenever one of those invitations to pay attention to something else comes along. So I uh, watch people who are in the midst of doing something and their phone makes a noise and suddenly they stop paying attention to whatever it was that they were doing and they're paying attention to the, whatever it is on their phone. And it could be a text message about something urgent going on with a loved one uh, or it could be somebody tweeted something and it made it into their feed somehow or it could be an alarm for something that doesn't actually need to happen. And jumping and looking at your phone is a conscious choice. And if you find yourself having a quiet moment with a friend and your phone makes a noise and you stop paying attention to your friend and you start paying attention to your phone, what are you saying about your friend? What are you saying about the value of your attention? That you're willing to squander it that way. And I'm using the word squander because if you're not choosing consciously, you're choosing unconsciously. And we are conscious beings, we get to choose. There's a conversation going on now about daylight saving time. And some people say it's daylight savings time. And it's actually daylight saving time. And I know it's minor. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Bill, it doesn't make any difference. However, words is important. <laughs> and the reason that that is important is because there is not some investment account that we're putting the daylight into, and we can take it out whenever we want. What we're doing is in the summer months, we are able to take the daylight that happens way before anybody gets home and save it for later. We can save it for the evening. It all happens the same day. In the wintertime, there's only eight hours of sunlight, and we have to use that because it gets light late and it gets dark early. That's why we celebrate the winter solstice on the 21st of December, because that's the shortest day of the year. And we can't get any more daylight those days. Those are the only ones we have. So in the summer months, what we do is we say, you know what, we don't need it to get light at 4 o'clock in the morning. Let's let it get light at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we'll be able to have it light a little bit later on. That's what daylight saving time is about. It's a one-day event. We can't take this, the, the daylight from the southern hemisphere and put it into the northern hemisphere. If we could, by golly, we would try, and the people in the southern hemisphere would start talking about imperialism and all the rest of that stuff again, probably be completely justified in it. Our Congress is deciding maybe we want to have daylight saving time all year long and get the children on their school buses in pitch darkness because we don't want the inconvenience of the time change. And by the way, I'm aware of the inconvenience of the time change. Today, first day of daylight saving time, we miss an hour of sleep. We have to get up a little bit earlier. And it just it feels, um, it feels a little onerous. But that's what we are investing in order to have those long summer evenings. I mean, if you like the fireworks on the 4th of July, they'd be happening at 8 rather than at 9 if we didn't have daylight saving time. So we get to decide. And we don't get to legislate it. We don't get to say we want more light in the wintertime because it moves south. <laughs> Move into the equator where it's much less of a shift. If you really like light, then move up north of the Arctic Circle for six months the sun doesn't go down at all. Of course, for six months, it doesn't come up at all. So you, you, know, you get to make your choice. And it's not going to be legislated. Anybody ever watched high tide, low tide at the beach? Yeah, OK. You know, the, the, the tides come and go every um, uh, 12, point, 12 hours and, and 25 minutes, which means it's 24 hours and 50 minutes from tide cycle to tide cycle. And that might seem quite inconvenient. 
because wouldn't it be more convenient if it were tied to a 24-hour cycle so that we had the tide at the same time every day? Doesn't make any difference. Doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what I think. It has nothing to do with our opinion and our desire. It has to do with the difference between how quickly the Earth is spinning and how fast the moon is going around us. The tides are going to change every 12 hours and 25 minutes, regardless of what we say it should be. If it's inconvenient to have the winter solstice right before Christmas, we'd really like to have it pushed back a little bit into January. That's not going to work either. We like to tell ourselves that we're in charge. And sometimes we are, and in many ways we are. But in many ways we're not. And it's really important to pay attention to what's ours and to let loose our attention on that which we're not able to control. Again, it's decision fatigue. You can pay attention to anything you want. And if you're paying attention to things that are going to bring more good, more love, more peace, more harmony into your life, then what you're going to find is you're going to have more love, more peace, more harmony in your life. And if what we're paying attention to are things that we can't control, or letting ourselves be completely fatigued by making decision after decision after decision, which isn't really uplifting us, then we're going to spend a lot of time being tired. And by the way, maybe not make great decisions. And perhaps finding ourselves dancing backwards into a signpost. Could happen. And if it does, read the sign. See what the sign is telling you, because they're there. The signs are there. The guidance is there. The love and the opportunity and the possibility is there. You get to pay attention. So do that, because you deserve all the good. All the good that's there, that's heading your way. And so it is.